Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. Oh my god. What? Rise of Skywalker is like next week. <laughs> it is. It's exactly it's like a week next, away. It is. Oh my gosh. It's exactly a week away. So today I did. I went down a short YouTube rabbit hole. You probably know. My YouTube rabbit holes can like consume me for hours. It happens to um, the best of us. <laughs> but I'm not ashamed of it or whatever. No. But I did go down a short one today. Or maybe it was yesterday or a combination of days of press circuit things with rise of skywalker like interviews and stuff and in that i found the video that josh gad posted about his final interrogation of daisy ridley and it was probably the best thing ever and i'm honestly really curious have you seen this I have seen it, yes. Okay. Do you think they really filmed her there and all these people came in, or do you think they filmed all those people and then, like, edited it together? Like... A, a combination, maybe? I, I kind of want to believe it actually happened. Like, that all of those people were all in the same space at the same time. <laughs> it seemed... Maybe there was some kind of a words thing going on where people, a lot of people were in the same place, or... I don't know. Yeah, that is a good question. But she seemed to react pretty genuinely to some of them mm -hmm. well my favorite one is uh, was john boyega of course because he was like who are ray's parents and she's like you know the answer no. <laughs> like oh yeah <laughs> and jj popping his head in and going stay strong dizzy stay strong yeah. <laughs> that was so good yeah and there's so many people like actors from like a bunch of different star wars movies actors from like all over the place yeah but, oh my it. gosh diego luna and uh, Alan Tudyk were hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> and then if the, you uh, haven't checked it out, we'll put it in our show notes. Was it it's pretty funny. Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano was like, yes, they're like, we're in the family. We're in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been staying away from the like the press stuff, the interviews. They're not saying anything. I know, but they're literally they really haven't said anything. I just get worried that like an actor's gonna like slip up or you shouldn't because just a facial reaction's gonna give something away. It's like I don't even wanna see their reaction to questions at this point. I just wanna know nothing else. They're so drilled at this uh, point. They're yeah. like robots. I mean it's they don't they reveal nothing. Absolutely Somebody nothing. On Twitter today, William Devereaux, our mutual friend posted something about he's like i can't believe that last you know clip thing that they just released it seems like it's full of spoilers and i'm just like i'm not watching it i don't know i don't even want to know i haven't seen any any tv clips any of that stuff i haven't watched any of that i don't want to see any footage of it but like them just talking about it they're all like well you'll just have to wait and see like they don't say anything you know yeah so it's been but you know i like that kind of stuff i like watching interviews with people and talk shows and things like that actually if you haven't checked out press circuit stuff for frozen 2 those guys are hilarious together all four of them 
Yeah. They just they crack me up. <laughs> it's super funny. Yeah, I'm just being really oh, careful yeah. right now just because I really I'm really excited about this movie, obviously. And I just really don't want to know anything else. I just want to watch it. I'm excited for it, but I'm not like I'm not like crazy excited. I'm sort of just like, okay, let's go. Let's this is see. the end. This is the end of the saga. The, I don't care about the, the Skywalker saga like you do. Like, I don't care about it like everybody else does. It's like, okay, that's not the end of them making movies, you know. It's just the end of the Skywalker saga. And while I say that, I'm making bunny ears with my fingers. You know, like, the Skywalker part of Star Wars is not my favorite part. So, <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, that's cool. Okay. More Poe Dameron? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's the thing. It's the end of the saga, so there's not going to be more Poe Dameron. You don't know that. Yeah, that's what they're saying. These characters. They're moving it on to other characters. And I like Finn and Ray and Poe. Nothing to do with the Skywalkers. I just, I'm, the, seeing these characters and kind of the, the end of that trilogy is kind of, it's really exciting for me. So, and I'm not ashamed of it. Like I said, I'm excited, but I'm kind of like, you know, let's go. And maybe because I'm just like perpetually tired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have like no energy for drink some more coffee and then I'll get more excited. That doesn't help at well, all, actually. I think well, there's a lot of Star Wars going on right now, like Mandalorian. I'm so excited about the Mandalorian. And we have a new episode, like we're recording this on Thursday night. So we have a new ep- episode tomorrow morning, depending or tonight if you want to stay up late enough. And that's one thing I'm jealous of the West Coast people is they just have to stay up till midnight. I have to stay up till 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. to watch it. So Just wake up at like 4 or 5 and watch it. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, Mandalorian. Obviously, you know, they were just talking about the Cassie and Andor show is going to start filming. We know Kenobi show is coming. So it's like, yeah, you're right. It's not the end by any means. There's a ton more coming to us. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's just, it's, it's almost too much to keep up with. Plus we have the books and comics that we talk about on the podcast. Also true. Also true. Uh, well, coming in from our latest episode, which was our interview with Zoretta Cordova, I thought I would just give all of our listeners and you, Aaron, an update. I actually started listening to her, uh, series that she has, which is a, a Brujas series, which is about Brujas, which is in Spanish. And so it's got this like very Latino vibe and kind of like this sort of like witch vibe too, which is actually really interesting. And I really like it so far. So pretty excited about it. Um, and I think I put it on my Instagram that I was starting to read it. But before I before I got it, I actually messaged the writer and I'm like, if I get an audiobook version, do you still get money? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, yes. And I'm like, okay, I'll get the audiobook then. Um, because That's it would funny. be easier, you know? Like, I want to make sure that she got, like, the money for the book. You know, I don't know how that works. So, yeah, I was just talking to an author, kind of like a new author who just got published. Their first book got published. And they were telling me that they're, uh, they actually make more money off of the ebook than they make off the printed version. I can like, see that because it doesn't cost as much, I guess, right? It doesn't cost as much for the publisher to produce it. So they're like really pushing by the ebook, you know, because I get a bigger cut. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you like Zoretta Cordova's writing and you're into kind of a YA vibe, 
so far. Her first book in the series is Labyrinth Lost, and I've really enjoyed it so far. I'm about six chapters in or so. Uh, it's been a nice change from Star Wars. Nice. It's been Very an interesting cool. change. It's like, oh, this isn't Star Wars at all. <laughs> So you found a couple of little news items for us, and these are right up your alley because they are comics. Yeah, they just so announced. So what's going on? Like two, well, not just announced, but yesterday there were a couple of news items that dropped on StarWars.com about comics. One being a brand new comic series, which was kind of a surprise. Um, that's going to be about bounty hunters. Hmm. So um, that series. Is going to be coming out in March 2020, but they gave us a couple preview images and um, some information about like who's going to be creating it. So, Interesting. See, what does it say? So it's this is going to be from writer Ethan Sachs and artist Paolo Villanelli. And um, I'll read this quote here for from Sachs. It says. While the battle between the Rebellion and the Empire raged in the stars, the darker corners of the Star Wars universe belong to the bounty hunters. Sachs tells StarWars.com, And that's always been a facet of the saga that's fascinated me since I first witnessed that glorious murderer's row take a bounty from Darth Vader aboard the Executor in a theater as seven as a seven-year-old in 1980. I'm channeling that wonder from Empire Strikes Back and beyond and bounty hunters, which will be a high-octane action romp through the Star Wars underworld of Huts and Fets. So this is interesting because it looks like the focus character of this series is going to be um, this this Valance character who has been showing up in some of the others. The, I think he was in one of the Vader series. Hmm. But he's also a character that showed up in the old like Legends, like way back in the day, Marvel series. So he's one of those characters that got plucked from, you know, kind of the original Marvel series and, you know, what we call Legends now. So it looks like he's going to be the focus character, but we're also going to see Bosk, we're going to see Boba Fett, which we haven't really gotten a ton of Boba Fett in the new canon. So this is, it's definitely going to be an interesting series and people can look forward to that March 2020. Cool. And then the other thing that came out was they just gave us some preview images for uh, the rise of Kylo Ren number one, so mm. that that comes out the day before the movie. Um, it comes out December eighteenth, so you're actually gonna be able to read the first issue of the series uh, before watching Rise of Skywalker. But the they gave us like four pages from issue one, mm-hmm. and it's pretty interesting because they actually show um, kind of what happened with you know Ben Solo and kind of the aftermath of him destroying Luke's temple. And uh, you get to actually see some of the Jedi students that were there that weren't actually killed um, kind of confront him. So definitely new stuff that we've never seen before. Interesting. Yeah, I was just taking a look at those panels now. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, and we know that you know some of the students um, kind of left and joined him and he killed a bunch of students. So it's like these three in particular, you know, we don't really see based on these preview pages, we don't know their fate, but it looks like they're about to confront him. And so it's kind of like, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to, are these just three more victims or are these people he's going to convince to kind of leave with him? So um, this is probably a series uh, just based on the content and definitely based on these preview pages that I might be the most excited for that's upcoming. Cool. 
It looks interesting. I'm kind of more interested in the bounty hunter thing. Because, uh, you know, I've always liked bounty hunters. So, we shall see, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, what are we doing on this episode of Bookworms, number 108? Number 108, we are talking about some more Thrawn. Thrawn! Because there is a third book. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there's more. And they announced a fourth book, so... Well, uh, technically, it's a new series, but... Right. Um, so, we are... Yeah, we're going to be reviewing Thrawn Treason. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do the publisher summary? I can. All right. We are going to be talking spoilers, so we'll give that yeah, warning spoiler now. Spoiler warning! And this was... Uh, Delray Books, author Timothy Zahn, everybody knows. And uh, this one came out July 23rd, 2019. And Teresa, you can do the publisher summary. Alrighty. Grand Admiral Thrawn faces the ultimate test of his loyalty to the Empire in this epic Star Wars novel from best-selling author Timothy Zahn. If I were to serve the Empire, you would command my allegiance. That's a quote. Such was the promise Grand Admiral Thrawn made to Emperor Palpatine at their first meeting. Since then, Thrawn has been one of the Empire's most effective instruments, pursuing its enemies to the very edges of the known galaxy. But as keen a weapon as Thrawn has become, the Emperor dreams of something far more destructive. Now, as Thrawn's TIE Defender program is halted in favor of Director Krennic's secret Death Star project, he realizes that the balance of power in the Empire is measured by more than just military acumen or tactical efficiency. Even the greatest intellect can hardly compete with the power to annihilate entire planets. As, as Thrawn works to secure his place in the Imperial hierarchy, his former protege, Eli Vanto, returns with a dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld. Thrawn's mastery of strategy must guide him through an impossible choice, duty to the Chiss Ascendancy or fealty to the empire he has sworn to serve, even if the right choice means committing treason. Dun, dun, dun. Who's that? Eli Vanto? Eli Vanto? We had to, we read a whole book without him, so now he's back. Eli Vanto. Oh, thank goodness for Eli Vanto. <laughs> Let me just say, he was the bright shining star of this book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just love Eli Vanto. Yeah, he's interesting. to. Gosh. I definitely like the parts that he was in seemed to catch my interest more than the ones that were just, you know, yeah. Thrawn with other people on the bridge of a ship. Um, they had some scenes together, obviously, but Eli did go out on his own a little bit. And there were a lot of different things they threw into this book that I found interesting. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a lot of stuff. Uh, one thing I'll point out is that they really laid off of the... I don't know, the gimmicks that they've been doing with Thrawn for the past two books. Oh, yeah, like him you know, reading people. Yeah, like not as much of the reading people inside their head kind of thing, and definitely not of that, like, shot to shoulder, shot to head, Yeah, face, we didn't have any Jedi yeah, in this one, yeah. so we didn't get to see the... Uh, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like, the, all those kind of, like, gimmicky things vision. that sort of double vision that, like, keep me out of the book... Yeah. That wasn't there as much, so I was actually like, "Woo!" I really appreciated that, and I don't. I wonder if that's something that Zahn, you know, was kind of an intentional thing that maybe he kind of heard some feedback about. People thought it was kind of weird, and because he definitely still had the scenes, a couple scenes where Thrawn was reading people, but it was not nearly as much as we got in the in the first couple books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was better. I appreciated yeah, it. Yeah, I did too. But you did. You did audiobook, right? 
I did. Okay. And I did mo I did mostly reading, but I did I did supplement it with some audiobook. What do you think about the audiobook production? Audiobook production on this was great. I loved it. And it's because of the Thrawn voice. First time, it's so similar to Rebels Thrawn that it just like gives me chills every time I hear it. It's kind of like uh, when Shinzi hears Mufasa, the word Mufasa in The Lion King, and she's like, ooh, you know, it gives her <laughs> chills, it tingles. Like, it's the same thing, so it's kind of like, it's something I enjoy. And for me with Thrawn, I feel like it's easier in an audiobook because the reader can, like, change voices for the character, like, inside Thrawn's head and outside Thrawn's head, you know? And so I guess I've gotten used to it because I've done all the Thrawn books as audiobooks, so I'm, like, kind of used to it now. So I don't know if it would be weird if it was just reading. I don't know. But I liked it. Yeah. It's how I've been getting through all the books so fast. <laughs> I listened to enough of the audiobook that I, I did catch, um, like, most of the different characters. The You had said something to me about one of the characters sounded sounded like um, Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. Was it, uh, <laughs> oh, what was the, it was the Grand what Admiral. It's yeah, it's and Grand Admiral Savit. Yeah, yeah, he sounded like Sean Connery. That was the biggest thing for me. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sean Connery is in this book. Well, um, did you ever hear it? Yeah, I definitely. I heard him, and I definitely agree that he sounds like Sean Connery. Um, I always thought Eli Vanto sounds like uh, Trip Tucker from Star Trek Enterprise, and he also sounds like a young George Bush. <laughs> um, George W. Yeah, so this Bush. is this is read by Mark Thompson. So, you know, he does great voices, but he definitely did a Sean Connery there. Yeah, and then one of the uh, one of the Death Troopers sounded like like Christian Bale's Batman. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so those were the three things that stood out to me. Um, good. Oh but... man, you know what? There was a lot going on in this book because there was like a lot of threads. It was almost dare I compare it uh, to The Last Jedi where we had like, you know, Finn and Rose over here. So we had like Elo Vanto, Eli Vanto and his group of people over here. And then we had Thrawn and like his group of people over here. And then we, had, you know what I mean? Like it was just like bouncing around. Well, we, it starts out kind of the, the whole mystery. Well, we got to see a scene with the Emperor and uh, Krennic. Yeah. And Thrawn and... That was really cool that they involved like Orson Krennic. He's always been a favorite character of mine. I do like Krennic. He's a really unique, cool it's character. So weird. It's so cool. And um, so it was cool to see him. Although he wasn't in the book that much, but they kept talking about kind of the Death Star project and Stardust and all of that. So it was cool to see that stuff. Um, but then it kind of starts out with this whole mystery around like supply lines and these Minoc type creatures. And Thrawn's got to figure out the mystery of like why they're, you know, interrupting the supply lines and all this stuff. And it was just kind of, it started out a little slow where I'm like, really, is this book going to be just about Thrawn trying to figure out stuff about Minox? But obviously, they're not it, Minox. I know. I can't remember what they're called. So I'm just calling them, they're big Minox. That's how they were they're, described. Yeah. They're, they're like related to Minox. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but obviously, there was more to it. Of course, it's a Thrawn book. You know, there's a mystery involved and in why they were why those things were, you know, attracted to the ships and all that stuff. But yeah, so yeah, they did kind of have a lot of different, you know, th different threads once the characters come together and then they 
you have the you know the group that's fighting against the grisk but then you have yeah, like empire kind of but i like how they brought that into into the story like the grisk because we've already heard about them you know and then there was you know commodore pharaoh who was just a royal pain in the butt like i <laughs> but still like cool right i mean well, I think she ends up being kind of more important toward the end. Yeah, but... yeah, that's true. She does. I, I don't know. She she's a weird character for me because like her loyalty is very very like split. And I'm a person who's like really big on loyalty, and so like I don't like the fact that like she can't just decide, you know. Like, is she with Thrawn or is she with the Empire or, you know what I mean? Like, I just, ugh, it bothers me. Yeah, I mean, the title of the book being Treason, you know, there is kind of these split loyalties because you have Thrawn who's who's loyal to the Empire, but he also cares about the Chiss Ascendancy. But then you... Well, it makes it sound, this book makes it sound like his getting in with the Empire is actually, like, it's not what we thought it was in the first book, which which was that they were, you know, that he really had been banished by the Chiss ascendancy. It's like, it's like he's a spy. Like it's been a spy the entire time. You know, it's been a plan. In a way, I think you know the way he's joining the Empire in a kind of as a way to help the Chiss ascendancy, knowing that there's this bigger threat out there. No, because they say several times, like, your mission with the Empire, your mission with the Empire. Like, I think it's been planned this entire time. That's mm. what that's the vibe that I got. Also, the Minox we're talking about are actually called Grolix. Grolix. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one character that I did not like at all was Ronan. Really? Uh, which is Trinic's little lieutenant minion guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't like his character at all. Um, he was very unlikable. They definitely was written annoying. to be kind of that typical, you know, snivelly bad guy kind of character. Um, I think they tried to do kind of a bit of a redemption arc for him. It didn't work. And it didn't really work. Yeah, they, they no. didn't turn him around fast enough, and he was kind uh -huh. of annoying all the way up until the end. And then he ends up saving Thrawn's life. So it's kind of like, okay, he's now important. And then Thrawn, in a way, rewards him by helping him get away from the Empire. So he doesn't end up getting killed by Vader. And right. Sending him off to the, you know, Chiss. So it was kind of like, all right, I wish they had done a little bit more with that character to make him seem like he kind of turned and became more competent before they had him save Thrawn's life. He was just whiny most of the time. And that bothered me. And he was even having issues with his, like who his loyalties were because he was all in on Krennic, but he couldn't, he hated the emperor. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, his loyalties were even divided. So the title of the book was really fitting because there were multiple characters that had kind of divide, divided loyalties. Yeah. I don't know if treason's the right word, but I get like the divided loyalties. I agree with that phrase. Mm, yeah. One of my favorite characters from the book is actually, well, Eli Vanto, but is actually a part of the crew on uh, Thrawn's ship. And it's Lieutenant Pyrondi. She's awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She didn't really stand out to me. There's there were so many. About, there's something about 
there's something about her specifically like she's just really really smart like she just had these she had these moments where she was really smart and sort of out how does she out think funk out funk uh thrawn but she was like right right there with him you know on like she was really quick you know, and that's one of the things I like. I like, and that's an aspect I like about, about Commander Pharaoh too, is that she has a very similar brain to Thrawn where she can actually understand what he's talking about, you know, and understand plans and stuff. So I like that about Commodore Pharaoh, but Lieutenant Pyrondi, I think, is a little bit more in tune to Thrawn's mental headspace. Yeah, Thrawn seems to surround but, himself around or surround himself with characters that can kind of keep up with them. They can't quite, nobody can quite keep up with them, but at least he has people that kind of can. And I liked how, cause with Pharaoh at the end, there was that whole part where Thrawn had kind of prepared her mm. and said, okay, these are the actions to take so you can defeat um, the other grand admiral. And I kind of got disappointed at, at first cause I'm reading through and I'm like, oh, so she's not really doing any of this on her own. She almost has these directions to follow and so Thrawn, in a way, is still, you know, pulling the strings. But they did have one moment where she she actually went off script and didn't yep. follow what Thrawn said to do because she, you know, different something different happened and she kind of took it a different way. And he really respected that. Um, so I thought that was a cool a cool way to to present that situation. Yeah. Well, and they had there was this whole other aspect of it too because we got to see a ship from the Chiss Ascendancy and an admiral from there and all of that. And like some of these Chiss navigators, I guess is what they're called, where they're the ones that have like the sight and all that, you know, like the third, so sight. third sight or second sight and third sight, I guess isn't third sight. The one that's like really rare or something they yeah, grow out of it. Or... Have, yeah. These girls all have third sight, but the one girl that they introduced had like usually they lose it when mm-hmm. they're Vanya. older, but she actually yeah. kept it, and so they're kind of trying to figure out why. Yeah, about which they Vanya. never really did. So I wonder if that's going to play into future. Well, no, stuff. but that was that was what they were talking about at the end of the book. Is that all the all the work that Eli Vanto had been doing that he was so bitter about about being stuck behind a computer and with data and stuff was actually all data about Vanya. About trying to figure that stuff out. Yeah, yeah, trying to figure out stuff about Vanya. So, and I think there's like a slight like love interest going on there between yeah. Eli and Vanya. It's not outright, you know. It's very like just kind of hinted at. But I'd be okay with it. Yeah, and that's I like that in a book. Like I like it when it's subtle like that, and then it leaves it open for for there to be future stories with those characters where you can kind of root for that to happen. Mm-hmm. But they didn't overplay that hand, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. There, there was a good chunk of this book that was hard for me to visualize because it's all ships in space. Mm-hmm. So, I have the same so problem. during during that those parts, I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> I'm like trying to understand, and I'm like, okay, I can't see it, but I understand kind of what's happening. But I just, you know, like I was trying to draw it in my mind, and I just I can't do it. <laughs> it's so bad. I wish I was better at it. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I feel like, feel like if I could see it, 
I'd be so much more into it. Like when you see space battles or, or like that shot in the trailer for uh, the rise of Skywalker with all the ships, if they tried to describe that to me in a book, I'd be like, what? Yeah. I, I was trying to, as I was reading it, I was purposely trying to take time and visualize what they were describing and close my eyes and be like, okay, what does that look like? And I just, yeah, I just do. I have a hard time with that stuff too. I'm fine with the characters and, you know, mm-hmm. even landscapes and kind of ground battles and and lightsaber battles and that stuff. I have no problem. But something about space battles, I just have a hard time taking what I'm reading and putting it into my brain and kind of seeing it. Yeah, I mean, but maybe, you know, a lot of that, I think for me is because I'm so familiar with, like, let's say, uh, Revolutionary War America, Civil War America, and like World War Two stuff, like ground battle stuff. I'm not I don't understand as much like the air, like stuff that happens in the air, you know? So it's harder for me to understand. So I think it comes from like real life. You know, if you watch a whole lot of war documentaries, you know, you probably are more (laughs) in tune with that. We have a lot of visuals in our brains from all the Star Wars movies we've watched. I, I was actually trying to use like the space because I've been rewatching the movies to prepare Mm -hmm. for Rise of Skywalker. And so I was kind of imagining in my head like some of the space battles, even from like uh, Revenge of the Sith, that big opening space battle. I was like, oh, like I was visualizing that in my head some to kind of like see if that would spark something. We're just not yeah. space battle people. I think we've said it before. No, we're not space. At least battle not people. in books. I can appreciate them, but I need some visualization. <laughs> I'm a space battle person in movies. I think they're really, really awesome in the Star Wars movies. I think that's really, they're really, really good. Very exciting. Yes. But I don't also have to know like what a ship looks like and where it is in space in reference to another ship and how it got there and what its weaponry is. And like, (laughs) well, with a Thrawn book too, a lot of it's so tactical. Oh yeah. And it's just not my thing. And so I just kind of, my eyes are kind of glazing over as I'm going through those parts where yeah. he kind of plans so many steps ahead and he did this and it's like, Oh, the explosives were in the exact right spot. So this didn't, nobody got injured, but it still blew up the ship. And I'm like, okay, where's Eli Vanto? <laughs> and back to Eli Vanto. <laughs> Can Eli Vanto get his own book? Thank you. Right. Uh, I was a little surprised to see the death troopers get some characterization. Yeah. That was interesting. With silly names. Yeah, what were their names? One oh of them was gosh. named Waffle. And the other one was mm. named... That's like a, right. A really short name. I'm forgetting now what Waffle. the other's <laughs> name was. But, and they make a comment in the book about kind of how their names are, are kind of silly. But I thought we got to see them as characters. You know, they weren't just these kind of... They didn't just walk around in their armor and have no personalities. We actually got to see these two guys... And kind of see them as these elite elite troops, but also mm-hmm. as characters and with their helmets off and all of that. So that was that was kind of cool. That's something I wouldn't have expected they would have done with specifically with Death Troopers. I don't know yeah. why, but in the in Rogue One, I almost felt like they were like these brainwashed, like almost zombie type characters. Um, yeah, that didn't have much of a personality. Yeah, I agree with that. It was kind of interesting. There was also a really annoying character on that planet. <laughs> that they went to 
it was like the tech guy in oh the, the who agent? ended up who ended up yeah but he ended up being an agent but like his voice on the audiobook he reminded me of like i don't know like this character out of fievel like that is with the evil mouse guy <laughs> or maybe that's fievel goes west yeah he's like the the spider spider companion sidekick and fievel goes west of the bad guy it was that's who I had pictured in my head. That's funny. I don't, man, I haven't seen Five Goes West in so long. Wowie, um, wowie, wow, wow. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Yeah, it was because his name was Tiger Mole. Tried to be a dog. He was supposed to be like a slicer. You're <laughs> getting so sidetracked. I was so my mind is like picturing that whole entire scene where Tiger the cat is trying to be a dog. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Can we get back to Mole? Mole. <laughs> this guy. So he was supposed to be like a slicer, you know, you know, one of those guys. And I, it fooled me. Because mm, the whole scene that he's kind of this bumbling guy, he's smart and he, he does his thing, but you, you don't see him as a threat. And then all of a sudden there's, a, you know, he kind of kills everybody. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, he's this this ISB agent, and from then on, he you know his real personality came out, and I I thought it was a cool character. He was kind of in it really quick, and they didn't really do much with him, you know, beyond that. But it was an interesting character. I, I have a feeling he might show up again. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other uh, Death Trooper's name is Pick. Pick. That's right. Waffle and Pick. Yep. Oh man! Now, um, I guess one of the main characters we haven't talked about that we probably should is Admiral Aralani, who is the admiral from the Chiss Ascendancy that we meet. She's interesting. Yeah, she's got an interesting relationship with Thrawn. <laughs> yeah, and very interesting, slightly confusing. Um, I didn't love the voice they picked for her in the audiobook no. either. It was all right. Yeah. It was okay. It was almost too abrasive. Maybe but, she is abrasive. Yeah. I I like her character fine. I I think there is some interesting dynamics between her and Thrawn. And even at the end of the book when Thrawn was kind of going to go back and do his thing with the Empire. And I think it was her that said like, she was going to miss him. Which was a surprising thing for her to say. Mm-hmm. So, I bet you in this new Thrawn trilogy we'll learn more about her, because this is his backstory. So, so the new one's going back in time before yes. he joins the Empire. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I bet we find out more about their their friendship slash relationship. I almost feel like they're even hinting that there might have been some sort of a romantic. Oh, they connection. were totally together. They okay. were totally together. I guarantee it. Okay, I was. I didn't know if I was just seeing things. So no, I was picking you... up on that hardcore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, did you like it? I liked it. Okay, I'm not a big Thrawn fan. Um, it, I can I get really bored with the, the kind of like, um, Sherlock Holmes figuring stuff out type mystery and. They the setup for all of that. Even when he was figuring stuff out, based on the admiral's, you know, music stuff at the end, mm, mm-hmm. they had kind of said at the beginning that this guy was from a family of musicians, and he had, con- you know, he had uh, 
done some music and stuff. And I thought that was a weird thing to say at the beginning of the book. I'm like, really? This, this like imperial grand admiral is a musician. Like it was just a weird thing for them to add, and it didn't really seem to connect to anything. And then at the very end, it comes out that oh, that's how Thrawn figured out how to beat him. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like it almost felt like a cheat. And mm-hmm. it, so I don't know. Like I just, I just don't get into that. I know a lot of people love that about Thrawn. For yeah, me, see, I think that's one of the things I like. I do like that whole Sherlock Holmesy kind of thing. Yeah, that's a part of the books that I do really enjoy when it comes to Thrawn books, and I do think that's why they're so that I do enjoy them a lot because of that. Yeah, I think you have to be the type of person that enjoys that kind of stuff, and you would think like because I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and Doctor Who can kind of be that way sometimes. Um, and I like the Sherlock series that they did on BBC, but I'm not a big fan of things like House, like that TV show. Oh my god, I loved House. Or it's kind House of like was this... like House was my first like real series that I like diehard made sure I was home to watch. So that makes sense because this is, you know, it makes sense that if you're into that kind of stuff, you would totally be into Thrawn because mm-hmm. it's that whole like smartest guy in the room the you know makes everybody else look stupid like that type of uh trope that they mm-hmm. do a lot in tv and you know so it, to me i i just i'm not a fan of that so since theron is that kind of character he typically isn't my favorite mm. i tend to like the other characters in the book other than him yeah no that makes sense that makes sense yeah so as far as i go i really enjoyed it if i was putting the Thrawn books in order i would say the first one then this one and then the second one uh i just didn't really enjoy the second one as much even though padme was in it but still uh i did like this one a lot more and i do like that kind of aspect of it i wish thrawn was on a planet more and less in his ship uh, just because it's easier for me to comprehend and understand and i would like more eli vanto please and that's all i have to say on that i think i could agree with your ranking I think the first one was probably the best one, and then this I, I enjoyed this one more than Alliances, mm-hmm. and it felt like this one and the first one went together much better. Alliances yes. almost felt like a detour. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. I'm curious about the risk. Like, what you know, they seem to be this big threat. I have never felt that they've made it feel very threatening. They seem to mm-hmm. easily be able to defeat them every time they come against them. I know other people who used to be into like the legend stuff and the new Jedi order and the use and Vong and all that stuff have said that these are kind of like the replacement for the use and Vong since they can't use the Vong. I don't see it. I just don't think they're anywhere close to being as threatening. I still haven't read those, so I don't know, but there was this whole thing with, you know, Thrawn and kind of part of part of him joining the empire. And he was kind of protecting uh, his people from the invading threat of the use and Vong. And they're kind of, turning that into the thing with the grisk so it's a similar storyline so a lot of people are comparing that and i don't know if the grisk are supposed to be like the vong they're not doing a very good job <laughs> they're just not scary <laughs> scary but yeah it's a it was it was enjoyable it was an enjoyable read yeah, i agree agreed awesome well the next time you guys hear from us we will be talking about the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, for the these all the films that have come out, we've done a Bookworms movie review episode. So be expecting that because it will be coming. 
And uh, we hope you guys enjoy those. And in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. We're at SW Bookworms. We also would love to read emails from you guys and your thoughts about the books that have been coming out. You can reach us, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash StarWarsBookworms. And we have our Facebook group. Uh, jump in there and talk with us about the different books and comics and even movies. Mandalorian, mm-hmm. whatever. We'll talk about everything. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. Uh, you can also find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at IceColdPenguin. You can find me at A.V. Goins. And until next time... Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>